Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Foundation podcast. It's Mental Health Awareness Week. I'm Stuart Hill. I'm the Digital Manager at the Mental Health Foundation. And this week I'm speaking to Mark Rowland, who's our Director of Communications and Fundraising. And he's going to tell us about everything that's going on uh, in Mental Health Awareness Week 2018. Enjoy. So Mark, welcome and thanks for joining us on the podcast again. Uh, it's Mental Health Awareness Week. Happy Mental Health Awareness Week. Um, do you want to tell us what we've got planned this week, what, what kind of different things we're doing over the course of the week? Sure, good morning. Uh, we're really excited about Mental Health Awareness Week. We've been running it for 17 years, not me personally, but the Mental Health Foundation, and every year it feels like it's, it's building, and it really has become now a national week where we reflect and take stock of mental health, recognise its importance to just about every area of our lives and uh, this this year we're focusing on a really big issue and that's going to be the issue of stress so we're, we're, we're really excited and uh, we think it's going to prompt a really important national conversation. So yeah it's going to grown into a massive sort of community event really across the across the week and across the country hasn't it over the last few years? That's right and every year is, is a little bit different. Uh, this year some of the highlights are going to be Edinburgh Castle going lighting up in green in a signal of, of their support. We've got a fantastic night at Windsor Races who are dedicating uh, the night to Mental Health Awareness Week and raising the issue of mental health within the racing community, so that will be a special evening. We've got a parliamentary reception uh, in the House of Lords bringing together decision makers and policy makers so that we're really clear to them about the changes that we're really asking for during the week. And then we've got hundreds of community events happening all around the country, online events. I even heard last week that there is a sort of nautical organisation trying to advocate the use of the ocean and the sound of the ocean as a stress-reducing tip. And they're getting on board to say how listening to the ocean is good for your well-being. So there's loads of people doing loads of different things and... uh, if you're passing the Westfield Shopping Centre during the week, you'll see that they have donated their entire digital screens to the message around Mental Health Awareness Week. So lots of different ways we're getting the message out there. And that's in Westfield, in Stratford and in Shepherd's Bush? Those are the ones, it? Yeah. yeah. Great. Um, so yeah, there's loads of engaging content and campaigns going on, on online and across the country. If you look at our Mental Health Awareness Week map, uh, by the way, which is on our website you might be able to find something that's happening in your uh, area. There's loads and loads of events on there, so uh, do check that one out. So, Mark, why are we focusing on stress? Yeah, it's a great question, and it's a big decision every year. I think this year we decided to look at stress. Number one, because it's an issue that every single person listening to this podcast will have experienced. So it's a universal experience of, of life, the feeling of being under pressure, uh, and the knot in the back of the, uh, in, in your back and, and the feeling of, of nerves and feeling like you can't cope. And so we wanted to have a, a deeper dive on that. But I think that the key thing is that because we're focused on how can we prevent mental health problems, we, we, we see that stress is a major contributor in that. So we wanted to have a closer look to see how many of us are really experiencing debilitating and disabling levels of stress and chronic stress on an ongoing basis. Uh, and we already know that it's such a big driver of uh, mental health problems down the road. So if we can get a better understanding 
of the causes of stress and how to manage it will be uh, taking some really important steps towards a, a more mentally healthy country. So that's that's really uh, one of the big motivations. And I think we also understood that there hasn't been, amazingly, much work done on the levels of stress in, in this country. And so the work that we're going to be doing this week and the surveys that we've done are the largest and most comprehensive look at stress. So when we realised that there was a real gap as well as being something that is universally experienced, we thought, well, this is something we've, we've got to address and we've got to tackle. Is stress... Well, stress is normal. We've already addressed that. Is stress sometimes a good thing? It is. You know, I think if you talk to any professional artists, sports people people in public life that stress is a part of what helps you perform at your best no doubt no question so it is that sort of uh, human gift that we've been given to be able to marshal our physiological and mental resources at a point in time and deliver something that um, so all of that cortisol is helping you to bring uh, your best in in certain moments so we we are really clear in the report that we'll be publishing and the messages hopefully that we'll be taking out that we're not aiming for a stress-free life that's not realistic and it's probably not preferable but what we are after is we don't want people to accept that a life of repeated stressful events time and time again week in week out is 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 going to be a life worth living and that's when it becomes a problem isn't it that's when it becomes not a good thing if it's constant if it's recurring and if it's if it's something that you you can't get rid of and it's stopping you from from doing things yeah there are two sort of aspects to it is it is, it, is the stress re- response that you're experiencing proportionate to the event it's normal to have a stress response if you are delivering a big presentation at work or you're about to go into the final of a competition that you have been looking forward to those are those can be stressful events that's normal i think if you're experiencing uh, stress in everyday situations and uh, those those events st- and your stress response starts becoming disproportionate so someone barges into you when you're entering a train and you have a big reaction that's a signal that uh, potentially your levels of stress are getting too too high um, but as you say the second thing is is it proportionate and is it repeated are, are is are you in a place in life where actually you're being hit wave after wave of stressful events uh, and stressful triggers and that over time that is a real risk that it will have a a real impact on your health both mental and physical. So you you touched on the poll that we've done uh, for this week, Um, what did we find out? Well we found out a lot, you know it was a very comprehensive survey looking and and, and speaking with over 5,000 people all across the UK, all corners of the UK and we found the the big headline was that 75% of us in the last year have experienced a time when we are unable to cope and we feel overwhelmed. That's our definition of stress. And that's quite a high bar. We weren't asking people, have you had a difficult day and you felt slightly irritated during the day, 75%? No, we were asking, have you felt unable to cope at some point in the last year and 75% of people said yes I have experienced that. That's, that's alarming isn't it? That, that's a huge number and I, but I think most of us would recognise that we're in, we're in that camp. 
within those findings there are 20% of us who are experiencing what we just described there of repeated often chronic stress and that those are that that's the group we're we're really concerned about and that's a big number as well one in one in five so that that was a, a big headline there's so much in what people told us though that was fascinating and one of the things that comes across is that the measure of stress and how we're feeling is, is a it's a really important barometer to, for how we are as a society it's a really powerful reflection of the kind of lives that we're living and whether they're good for us and and so you know for example when you look into the figures you see young people much high much experiencing stress at a much higher level you know over 80% of young people saying that they have been unable to cope or well overwhelmed so that's that's almost you know almost all young people are feeling that and that's you know you've got to scratch your head and say what is happening there and conversely as uh, as people are getting older those levels of stress are declining so there is a good news piece there um, but why, why do you think that might be? Why do you think there's a, such a such a difference between the younger and the older generation? That's a, you know it's a really good question, and you know the, the 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 survey that we did points has some clues. We need to do more research though in, in, in into what the causes are. Here's what some of the causes aren't, which was quite surprising. Only five percent of people said that checking their Facebook and uh, social media accounts was a cause for stress. That's, so, really, that's really interesting because often social media is is pointed to, isn't it, as the as one of the big causes of of, of stress and and mental health problems. That's right. And I think we have been saying for quite some time that actually we need to be careful about saying all oh, the problem is is just the new technology, and 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 sort of cornering it there. And actually, I think what we're seeing is it's something a little bit more profound, a little bit more structural about the way we're living that's causing levels of stress. Not, not. Um, and then having said that, though, young people are saying, over 60% of young people said that it is this pressure to succeed that is causing them to feel under stress. So what's happening there? Why are we in a society where we young people are believing that unless they can demonstrate that they are success, and by the way, who's defining what that success exactly. is, but that is causing that pursuit of those external sort of validators. You know, do, am I looking good? Have I got a good job? Have I got enough money in the bank account? Am I, have I got a good job title? We're telling our young people that these are the things that really matter, and they are pursuing that, and it's causing a lot of stress. And the irony is, of course, that even if you've got all of those external ticks, it doesn't bring the emotional and mental health dividends uh, that, that, that actually people need. So um, I think there is uh, some really important questions about what we value as a society uh, and what we believe is important that we, we need to really think through. And part of that, we know, is around finding an alternative value set to individualism and materialism really important um, questions for us culturally and then I think uh, as well what came out of the what came out of the data as well as those cultural pieces is the structural piece uh, the, the way that society is structured we're living in a time where eight individuals in the world earn more than half of the rest of the population staggering unfair unjust inequality and that's borne out by these findings that are saying actually um, a cause of stress is 
if it, you know people are saying I don't have enough money that is causing me a lot of stress I don't have job security that is causing me a lot of stress so it's the basic stuff that you would expect causing stress that I, I think is is borne out as well from uh, for, for, from from the data that we've seen and everybody's got it, it this is everybody's business isn't it it's everybody has a part to play as individuals as a society um as sort of i don't know em- employers businesses schools uh governments what so let's start with with us as individuals what can we do to uh Im- improve our stress levels to to reduce our stress to try and get that figure of one in five of us being overwhelmed on a consistent basis and 75% of us being being overwhelmed in in the past year what can what can we do individually yeah. ourselves because there are things that we can do yeah. aren't there and this is what's so exciting about the work in in in, in mental health is that it, it there's no one out there, there's no one listening to this who's, who who couldn't reduce or manage their stress differently and in a better way Every, there is a message of hope in that and, and of empowerment to say, okay, we aren't, none of us are just victims. We can fight back against the stress that we're experiencing. People were really honest in the survey about the, the impact that, and the way that they were responding to stress. You know, a lot of people saying, 46% of people saying that when pressure gets too much, they turn to eating junk food and bad food. And that, that that doesn't help. And you can see then that it can have a cycle of poor health. And you, so people said that they smoked more, that they were more likely to drink more. Um, so in a sense, one of the things that stress does is push us to make, be more likely to make poorer decisions for our health. So I think one of the things that we're saying is if you can stop that cycle in its track and become aware of when you're feeling stressed and switch on and say, okay, I, I, I need to take a different tack here. And then it's all the things that are opposite to eating too much, smoking and drinking, that will likely be helpful for you. And I think the key thing is it there isn't one set of things, but we know the things that really help, and, and that will be a range for you. Test it. Find out what really gives you energy, what really protects you from stress, uh, and, and test different things out, whether or not it's going for a walk, walk before work, taking a break, having a having just more time away from the computer screen if that's uh, an issue or more, way, more time away from the kids if you can manage it. You know, it's, it's really working out the things, are there particular people who are causing stress or actually are providing consolation and comfort for you that you actually could be spending more time with? And, and so the, the key thing, Stuart, is that when we talk about what you can do, it sounds so obvious and so simple. The problem is so big and these things seem so simple. Can they... T- the, the two match but they are they are actually really difficult to do and the key thing is about really good daily habits it's not about going for a, a run once and then that's job done it's actually about building in 30 minute you try doing 10 minutes of meditation every day it's a small thing it will make a massive difference to your health and well-being but boy trying to fit that 10 minutes in of silence and of reflection is very very difficult um so though it's a really big challenge but it's those daily good habits uh, about the things that work for you to protect you from stress i think um is what we're saying will will make a difference in the long haul yeah. and as you say the, the the figures from the the poll that we've got bear that out really it might sound quite simplistic some of these things but actually too many of us aren't doing these things that 
are supposedly really simplistic and really easy. So yeah. it's about it's about being aware and actually switching on and saying, right, I don't I don't need that pint of beer now or that glass of wine or yeah. um, uh, that that takeaway or whatever. I need to. I'm stressed, so actually I need to do the opposite of that. Yeah, and even better. I can see that my day, I'm feeling stressed, I, I feel like I want to take... What was it about today that led me there? And what am I going to do tomorrow that I could do differently? Uh, just yesterday, I was just feeling... I just felt like I had a lot of stuff to do. I felt a lot of, uh, of pressure. I felt that pressure just to be in work early and to be you know, supporting my team and... I got in early, but I didn't come to the office. I thought, I'm not going to the office. I'm going to go and find a cafe, and I'm just going to sit there. And everything in me was going, no, you've got to get to the office. There's loads of things to do. No, I'm going to, I'm sitting in this cafe for an hour, and I'm going to read a book. And it just meant I felt a little bit more in control. And um, they are very simple things, but I think they, they will make a difference. And, and one of the most amazing things that came out from this report, there were two things that were very, very alarming. The first is that 35% of all of us have experienced suicidal thoughts as a result of stress. That's not a small thing. It's not saying that 35% of us were actively suicidal, but we had started that ideation. And that's, that's a really uh, high figure, 35%. If, you turn, if that's representative, if our poll is representative, which we really tried it to make it representative, that's, that's millions of us experiencing suicidal thoughts at some point in our lifetime as a result of stress so it, 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 it can and does build up it's so important we take it seriously and the second thing is that, that a third of us, 28% of us have experienced a panic attack that's a really high number one in three of us, a panic attack is a, is a really serious, you feel like you are on the edge of about, about to die that's a really big serious stress response so this is a serious public health issue we know when it comes to obesity, we take it seriously. We, we know that one in, thir- one in three of us are, 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 are overweight and people, we know, understand that we've got to take that seriously. I don't think we're taking our mental health and stress as seriously and yet the effects are just as serious and we've got to start waking up to that and, uh, and uh, making a change. While you're here, we wanted to give you a quick reminder of the Mental Health Foundation's specially designed online mindfulness course. It's called Be Mindful, and research by Oxford and Surrey Universities has shown that it can be incredibly effective at looking after your mental health. Why not try it? It costs £30 and is highly rated by the thousands of people who have already completed it. So if you want to find out more, please have a look at BeMindfulOnline.com. Now, let's get back to the podcast. And stress can have quite a significant impact on many things, can't it? Physical and, and mental health. That's right. And you know, we knew that before. And that's one of the reasons why we've taken on the issue of stress, because we know it's linked to increased risk of heart disease. We know it lowers your overall immune system, so you're more at risk from uh, viral infections. Um, but we, we also found from the survey, we, when people cited the effect that stress had had on them, that loss of sleep was the leading, cause, leading physical response. People were saying really high levels of, of um, 
psychosomatic stomach problems, digestion problems, um, they were experiencing lots of headaches. So people understand that there is a, it, there is a real link. And I think alongside that you have the really serious psychological impacts. In fact there's a three there's a sort of like three three big impacts. There's what it does to your physical health, which um are, are really serious and we think um need addressing in, in relation to, to sleep and digestive problems and, um, and and heart disease. There's the issue relating to people saying it's leading to chronic levels of anxiety, of depression I mentioned panic attacks, uh, a, uh, almost 20% of people saying that they had self-harmed um, as a direct link to stress. These are you know, really worrying uh, psychological as well as physical impacts of stress. And then the third impact is the impact on the people around you. And parents saying, a lot of parents saying that they are shouting at their kids unfairly and that, that they have problems in their relationships with each other. Um, uh, causing tension so you know stress is it, you know, it's under underestimated at your peril because if you've got and, and on the other side of it if you've got low levels of stress the, the chances of you being able to to thrive in life and really be at your best as a person uh, as a as a husband as a wife as an employer employee such etc are all much more greatly enhanced it's the you know it's the big thing to focus on, and 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 con conversely the impacts are really really significant uh, when stress builds up, especially over a long period of time. I want to talk to you about the stress footprint. So you've written a brilliant piece that's on our website about your stress footprint. Do you want to say a little bit about what a what what is a stress footprint and and why do we need to be aware of it? I think I was I just wrote about stress as we were introducing the topic and uh, one of actually one of my friends on Facebook challenged me and said hey, you know stop carping on about the stress you experience and start thinking about the stress you cause was basically his message and and I don't you know I don't want in any way to diminish the stress we do experience as I've just said I think that those are really are really important things to consider and to take seriously but the two sides to the coin which is we know that stress is a sort of almost like a contagious, similar to a contagious disease, it spreads. It spreads amongst us. And one of the things that came through from the survey is about how it affects our relationships and our relationships with our kids and whether or not we shout at them. And so I decided to do a little unscientific experiment and ask six people in my life how I cause them stress, in what way, how often, and what I could do differently to reduce the level of stress and um, and sort of press send and kind of then felt like I wanted to sort of climb into a hole somewhere. <laughs> Quite a courageous <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> not not hear the answers, but actually people were so gracious in and uh, and honest, but in a really in a way that made me feel they care about me, not 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 they were wanting to hurt me. So it was really revealing, and I think what we're trying to say to people is, is is pick the people carefully you know because it is a vulnerable thing to do but but consider asking people in what way you're behaving try to get some more understanding about how you're causing stress and did, did you get a little a couple of things out of that that you thought i can change that straight away and therefore help my my son my wife or exactly yeah i think i think there were a couple of things which were talked about in the blog but i think i think there isn't 
Oh, one thing, because what came across was that different individuals in my life respond differently to to the thing. So one person, you know, one person said, "Stop um, ambushing me with ideas. Like, if you want me to do something, give me some notice." But for another person, they quite like that repartee and the kind of, you know. So it's understanding. It's having a conversation with people, understanding what they're, how they're made up, and how you could do things differently. But also for me, the big thing was just spotting the patterns. It's amazing. Like I just do the same thing, and I don't notice the the cycle of, uh, you know. It was one what you know my, what my wife said. There was a particular individual. I just I if you she'd asked me, I'd known that that it causes stress in the family home, and yet I hadn't got to the point of saying right next time that person comes, here's what we're doing differently to get a different outcome. It, it was um, so that again it comes back to your point about um, are we awake? Are we really switched on to what's happening in our lives? Are we asking ourselves good questions? And are we prepared to look at that? And um, that that increased awareness is such a powerful, empowering, uh, and, and and good thing to do. And it's also, I think, quite a, a loving thing to do for yourself. And 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 to invite others, people take it as a compliment. Um, and so, um, I think it was you know, it was actually really worth. I was glad I did it. And you can read that blog on our website at mentalhealth.org.uk. Um, Going beyond ourselves as individuals, what 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 can we do as a society? What can uh, schools and and businesses and and the government do uh, to to improve our stress levels? Yeah, it's a great question, and we've been thinking really hard about that and and trying to come up with some recommendations, which we have done in the report that we're releasing this week and talking about you know seven big recommendations. I think the things that I, I'd like to highlight are really you know with a big proportion of people respond in saying that work is a place of stress. It's a source of stress. In fact, and we can we can all relate to that, can't we? We've we've all been stressed at work. Yeah, and I think, uh, I, yeah, uh, I I I, uh, I I'm sure that's the case, and I know that's the case for me. One of the things that came through was that fear of making a mistake was the leading cause of uh, of stress for a lot of people. So, that's a cultural thing. So we we are calling on employers to take stress and the risk of people experiencing stress in the workplace as seriously as they do physical safety. There are physical safety standards. It's now no longer acceptable to leave a box around and someone trips over it or a wire. And uh, employers are responsible for the physical safety. There are also what they call psychological safety standards as well, but they're not being applied in the same rigour. We're asking for employers, senior management teams, to put on their risk registers of the things that they're concerned about, that they report to their boards, put stress and the stress of our staff as a risk, because it is a risk to their physical health and to their performance. And, and, and in those risk registers, put the mitigation. What are you doing to help reduce star, staff levels of stress and, and manage that effectively? So have it on your dashboard of things that you care about and that you, and that, that, that you manage. And, and uh, we're asking for those psychological safety standards to be applied exactly the same as physical safety standards. So that's one thing that, that employers can do, as, as well as the cultural change that I think, you know, freeing people up to say, hey, it's okay to make a mistake. The world will not end. We will back you and protect you and we'll learn from it. That, that's a really important message. On, on what the government can do, we're, ask, we're asking the government to do two things. Very practical. 
Uh, one is that we equip teachers and train teachers to be able to talk about mental health and be able to teach mental health literacy in an effective way to, to kids. So kids are growing up with an understanding. This isn't about spotting or responding to mental health problems, although because I think that's a separate issue and, 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 and there are services for young people that they can get referred to. So it's not expecting the teachers to become therapists and doctors. But what we are asking that in the teacher training that teachers are equipped to be able to understand concepts of mental health, resilience, what is stress, how to respond to it, what are the keys to uh, good well-being, what are the warning signs, uh, how to respond to pressure, just so that we have a little bit more literacy within our teachers and their ability to then deliver that. And we want that to be uh, a, a compulsory part of the curriculum that, that, that kids are taught in this country, not just about um, maths and English, but also about their well-being and their mental health. So that's a, that's a really big one. And, and uh, thirdly, so we've got the employers, we've got teachers, and, and thirdly, we're actually asking that the government introduce for public sector workers at least two well-being days that they afford to people working, who are caring for us, who are providing vital public services, that they take a preventative step and introduce. We have that here at work where people can take wellbeing days and we're asking that that should be applied for all public sector workers. So we're caring for the carers. We're trying to make a move before levels of stress get too much and say this is a small step that can be happened where there is an exit for for individuals in public services to take some time out to protect their, their well-being and their mental health. And we think that will have a, a real great dividend in the service and the care that they provide, but also for the, their, those individuals' uh, long-term health. Well-being days is a really interesting one. So in practice, uh, we, we, we have them here. In, in practice, they're, I, I think we should be honest and probably say they're probably not used maybe as... As, as much as they should be but they are a, it is a really good way of just being able to take some time out if, if work is becoming a bit overwhelming just taking a day doing something for you and do, doing something for your well-being and then you'll be able to come back the next day yeah much more refreshed so, it, so it's not it's not necessarily an illness day but it's noticing no. when when you're becoming when you're potentially reaching a, a hazardous level or a level where it might be affecting your performance so you might just want to take some time out it is and it? it's actually quite although it's a very simple step it's actually signaling something really important about uh, our makeup as human beings and that, that actually we will have days when well, things get too much and that we prefer to take a um, preventative step than wait until it gets really bad and I think you're right it's Working in an organisation that has well-being days, it's hard to take them. It's because it isn't, you know, it's there is still a, an issue around saying yes, I just need some time, time out, and, and people making assumptions or um, uh, opinions about that. But what people have also said to me is that having well-being days in and of themselves, it just knowing that they're there is is comforting and is a is a, is a good sign. And I think what we're after is cultural symbols that as a country we're starting to change the way we think about the importance of mental health and the value that that gives us and and we you know i think well-being days are a, a relatively small thing but a strategic and symbolic step that the government could take to say across the public sector 
we are going to ensure that we are protecting and investing in people's mental health and giving people the space to be able to perform long term at, at their best. And we know that people in the public sector are not paid the same as people in the private sector. And anything that we can do to increase and, and value and, in, and increase the, the overall experience, I think, is a, is a really positive one. Great. So just finally, what are we asking people, our supporters, people who are listening to this podcast, what are we asking people to, to do this week? Get involved. You know, we, we're just basically saying if you are listening to this, take it as an opportunity to take. We've got a stress test so you can actually go online and find out and have an opportunity to, to see how often you are experiencing levels of stress and think about the, the causes of that stress. So um, if I if I was listening to this, go and do the stress test. Go and find out. Have a conversation with your friends. We've got a, a, a curry and chat product which you can, you know, event that you can hold and just talk to your friends about all the things we're raising at Mental Health Awareness Week. But we're also asking people to take a very simple step of solidarity and that is to get our green pin, our ribbon, and wear that as a symbol that uh, mental health matters and that we uh, are committed to good mental health for all of us. So get the, get the pin, hold a carry and chat, do the stress test and take advantage of all the amazing resources that you and your team, Stuart, are producing that to really help get the message across about the scale of the issue, its implications, but also what we can do about it. And we want to, people to shout on social media, uh, speak to friends and, and family. Um, all that kind of stuff is, is really help, helping create noise around the, around the week and therefore helping us become more aware of our mental health. We all have mental health and... And, and trying to protect it and to, to look after it, isn't it? Absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't say it. All of those things, just being involved and reminding people that it's Mental Health Awareness Week is, is, a, is a really important step. And, and step by step, we are going to look back, I think, and I hope, that uh, this period of time was one where we really turned the dial in understanding uh, of mental health and became more confident individually and as a country about the steps we can take uh, to have a better experience about uh, the life that we that we live and, and those that we love as well. So um, there's a really important message of hope, uh, and um, but there's a, there's a there's a fight to be had as well. Great, thanks very much, Mark. Thanks very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. You can find out more about Mental Health Awareness Week by visiting our website at www.mentalhealth.org.uk. There's loads of information on there. Um, you can read our new report, which is out this week. Um, you can watch our animation, um, which will be out on the Tuesday of Mental Health Awareness Week. So if you're listening to this before then, you'll have to wait uh, just uh, a little while. And you can also take a stress test um, on our website and find out how stressed uh, you are. We've also got loads of tips for, for dealing with stress and coping with it and managing it. And keep an eye out on social media. Uh, we'd love you to be uh, sharing your stories about uh, Mental Health Awareness Week. Um, use the hashtag Mental Health Awareness Week. Uh, we're on Twitter at Mental Health. Uh, we're on Instagram uh, at Mental Health Foundation and facebook.com forward slash Mental Health Foundation as well. And get in touch with us on those channels if you'd like to give us some feedback. We'd love to hear your feedback on our podcasts. Um, let us know what you think. Thank you very much for listening.